So if we're sitting there like iPad generation on your phone or whatever and not paying attention to the kid or watching, putting them in front of TV or, you know, like we don't do that with London too much, but like she wants us to play toys all the time or wants us to read to her or whatever. Um, I think her sitting down with me is like daddy daughter time bonding. Cause I'm reading to her on the screen. I'm making it interactive and that's both on purpose as well. Cause I want to make that experience for her. Yeah. But I, I think that's why she's gravitating towards it because she's in that perfect stage where she wants to. You know, it's not like me just handing her an NES controller and going, "All right, here's how you play Mario." <laughs> and that doesn't that isn't gonna work with all kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, you kind of kind of like lead them. And and we get, right now she has a Nintendo DS in her room, and she has a La La Oopsie game, which is like a Nickelodeon cartoon where there's like little girls talking. They talk like intelligently on on the show, but um, but she has that, and I've noticed when she's played it recently, like she's had it for about a month now, and she's getting better at it. <laughs> you walk around on the screen, you do little mini games with different characters. Um, so I mean, I think her platforming skills are going to get better. <laughs> yeah, a little version of Jeff. Oh, yeah, and she, I'm going to let her do it her own way. That's the one thing I've always said is, like, if I ever have a kid, I'm not going to force them. You can't force anything. it because that's the same thing that my, my parents would always do, and it, was, it would always just be the opposite. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, I'm just going to do my thing. If she wants to join me, cool. She says, hey, let's play Chrono Trigger, like she's been doing, then all right. If she, I'm going to play Chrono Trigger, though, and if she doesn't want to play it, then that's fine, too. <laughs> you know? how I see it. I'm not going to ever force her to, to do anything with me. That's what I noticed, too. You you can't force people. I mean, it's 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 like how people get into different bands. Like, if, you, if you're into a band and you try to get someone else into it, if they're not ready, it's, it's just background noise to them. Until the moment that they're ready to get into it. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, top, top gear all the way. But that's that's kind of the thing about it. It's people go through stages and you know, like endless different types of stages in their life. You know, so many different like levels and tiers and mm-hmm. just layers. I'm craziness know. with like music, um, especially because music is almost like a blind form of entertainment because it's all auditory through your ears. Whereas movies and games, you see it too. It's like it's it's a more memorable um, for some people. And, like, I've seen people where I've, like, tried to have them listen to some of the music that I like, and they're like, oh, I don't like that, or it sucks, or whatever, because they weren't into that style metal, or they didn't like it. And then, like, later on, whether that be, you know, a month or a year from, I, I catch them, and they, they're listening to that band. Like, oh, yeah, you ever hear this band before? <laughs> That's yeah. a classic. You ever hear this band before? And I'm like, uh... Yeah, I tried to get you to listen to him a year ago. Yeah, that's that's what John's brother did to him. He, he had the same story. Like, what the hell? Like, you know. Yeah. But um, it's proof though that when the person's ready, or you know, they have to be open minded to it, then then it gets to them, and they're like, oh, yep, this is good shit. <laughs> and I I also like what you mentioned there about audio and visual. I've always been obsessed with like, let's take visual. And put like a song to it. That's kind of like what Chrono Trigger does. Like, that's what a lot of RPGs do. They, they, it has this scene. Like, think, think about, um, 
Link to the Past, like, the ending still brings, like, tear to my eye, like, because the music, and especially when the credits roll, I fucking love that song. It's just, like, so soothing, mm-hmm. and it's it's just, like, you feel it. Like it's, it's like it's like everything you've done up to that point is all worth it because of the awesomeness that you're witnessing. Yeah, and you 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 have it going through your ears and through your eyes, <laughs> and it just builds it so much more. And um, that's why I I just think the RPGs are create those emotional attachments because you have visual mixed with this killer music and. Mm-hmm. You know, even like Rondo of Blood is God, man. The music, uh, it's just sometimes I just sit there and just listen to it. Like it's so it's good. Like the the games that get it right really get it right. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's a huge distinction between the top tier games and the bottom shit barrel games. <laughs> That's a good topic we should do too. Like comparing <laughs> comparing the the, the outliers, you know. And, comparing and both. It's not even saying, oh, well, Chrono Trigger is great and. Cheat him into this purple. Like, it's not even that. It's, <laughs> you gotta get deep into it. You get like, why? Why, why is Cheetahman terrible and why is Chrono Trigger great? Yeah. What like, makes them, what are all the intricacies that make this game great and this other game not great? Yeah, and I you know, and, and there still might be some redeeming aspects, and like Cheetahman, the music's freaking kitschy. Yeah. Now, the, the, the thing is, though, most of the games that are top tier are known to have incredible soundtracks. Oh, yeah. That's that, an interesting, that like, correlation. Very, very true. Yeah. I so, don't think you could be a top tier without a good soundtrack. Yeah, that's kind of the, the correlation that I constantly see with Castlevania and Final Fantasy. It's just always this killer music, and they always have this, the CDs... That you can I don't buy know, any and stuff. a game that would have a bad soundtrack. A lot of B games even like like would have a great soundtrack to them. Yeah, it's kind of something I never really thought about at length, but it's definitely a correlation between a masterpiece mm-hmm. um, and what it brings to the table. Um, obviously, new and improved and awesome ways of building the current. Uh, both genre and storyline um, to greater heights like Rondo. It takes Castlevania, everything that's great about Castlevania, and adds to that. Well, imagine... You know. Could you imagine Contra with any other music? Oh, hell no. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, Contra on the NES has the music that just makes it amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, it gets your blood pumping. It gets you ready to shoot out some aliens. Like, that's what it's about. And... Like, without that music, like, that music makes it. You know, I, I, yeah, I think that's a big thing with even, like, a a lot of the games that people don't really care that much about, like, Dick Tracy or there's just nothing going on as far as the music, you know, like, Roger Rabbit and Ghostbusters, you know, it it just doesn't have... Like, think about, like, even Back to the Future, like... The music is like the whole time and every level. It's like, are you kidding me? And And it's it's not even part of the movie. And what's funny, amazing music. And what's funny is, and to to further prove this point, is that Fester's Quest is known for its music because it's it's Sunsoft, and like a lot of people don't like the game per se, but everyone is unanimous that the fucking soundtrack's awesome. 
and I actually never minded the game. It's just too grindy. Yeah, it takes a lot of patience, and uh, yeah. you have to know where to go and what to do. It's no, like I never a, beat it. I used to rent it and play it. It's like a Nintendo Power game because I saw. Yeah. Remember, I was talking about that that one chick that I used to date. She she just knew where to go. You get certain items and you trade them with other items for other items, and then you get certain power ups. And it's a very Nintendo Power Goonies two type game. Yeah. You you have to know where to go and what to do, and then it's those. That's another thing that makes it not a masterpiece. <laughs> A game that's like way too cryptic to where yeah. you, you, you don't intuitively know like what to do or where to go. It kind of should be like a natural thing. Even with Rondo of Blood, a lot of the little, um, secrets are just kind of like you can tell that, you know, some, there's something about this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like I, 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 th- I think there's something here that, that I'm not seeing or a, a secret. Crazy you know? later topic too would be. Um, what secrets or normalities of video games would not be normal for a new player? Because we've played Zelda. We've played the original games of, like, Mario and things. So we know stuff's hidden in blocks. We know in Zelda that if you bomb a wall, it might open. New people won't know that. Yeah, and I can... I so, can... like, certain stuff in Rondo, like... We whipped all the freaking walls because we know that there's meat inside the walls. Yeah. A new player, like, wouldn't know where that's at. And that's, that's where Rondo's almost like for the Castlevania person. Yes, it's definitely a tribute. Yeah. And that's the thing too is that like, some people may not like that because of that too and it might not be as straightforward as it is with a, um, a veteran gamer as a newbie gamer, a noob. Yeah, and I can say from personal experience, when I was a kid getting Zelda, The Legend of Zelda, very first one, for the first time, I I didn't know you could bomb, uh, uh, you know, certain walls, so I I, I just didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I when you saw, um, I think there's a part in level two, or maybe even level one, where you have to bomb. I, I think it's level two where you have to bomb through like one yeah. room, and then that's that's when it kind of like. That's that's when I realized okay you can bomb in the labyrinths but I still didn't yeah. put that correlation with you can to bomb anywhere yeah until um we started talking at school and you oh, know yeah. certain people and then Nintendo Power and you add all those things together and then then you you go to the point where the one kid's burning every single bush to find, so, I mean, the, you know, some something anything kind of deal. What is I mean that would be a really cool topic is what are video game standards that every new player need to play? Like, do they have to play? Like Mario Brothers, Zelda, like, what games does a new video game person need to play to become a better gamer? Because, like, stuff like that they would learn skills, just little, like, tells in a game, like, that they learn by playing older games. I mean, there's certain stuff that we do instinctively now that we've learned from old games that, you know, new players won't know. <laughs> it's crazy to think about that. I think about it more so because, you know, I got my daughter that's going to be growing up in the gaming world. And, you know, what is she going to need to learn to make her well-rounded? I don't want her to play a lot of the oopsie games all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, as far as when I was a kid, the harder games like Ninja Gaiden and Castlevania, the first one, and Castlevania 3, those made me kind of who I am today because I, I, I got my ass kicked by them and I just kept going. That's, but that's there's what made a, me. Shows that that's all you had. <laughs> Whereas yeah. now, like, my daughter has everything. It's a, she's gonna have everything. That's a big, so she's gonna have that's a, a huge point. She's gonna have a Ninja Gaiden. I could put Ninja Gaiden on. She's gonna, if she gets pissed off and wants to play a different game, well, I have them something all. else. And so she's not gonna have to play that game unless I do something like, alright, we're gonna play this till we beat it. <laughs> like, oh no, yeah, no, it's you, the whole... you can't play anything else. But then, would she grow to hate games because of that? It's like a chore. Yeah, and, that's <laughs> and that's that's where I want to tie into the MK thing with Andrea, where mm-hmm. if they play it for long enough, they'll and they have they'll to break want that. Play it. Yeah, they'll they'll break that barrier. Now, that's the emulation um, syndrome where you get bored and you play another game because you have every game mm-hmm. at, at your fingertips. That's where it's like if you just stuck with that game. Which is where the homework comes in. For us, yeah, being like the veteran gamers that we are, this homework is perfect because my Castlevania freaking skills have gotten ridiculous. Yeah, and that challenge isn't going away. When I was like, man, how am I going to beat this boss rush, boss rondo? And I was like, it's the challenge is still there. It's not, it's gone now. Because. Well, it's, it's like my live stream story you know, the other day. Like, so let's do I this. played. I played and mastered, you know, Boss Rush and, and Rondo last week before the podcast. I got my 100%. This week I was, or right after the podcast, I played the PSP remake, and I was at level 6, which is the Boss Rush. And, like, I was just getting used to the controls again, because it's a little clunky on that one. And I walked off a freaking cliff on the live stream and died. And then I went to the next one and went through and beat all five bosses in a row. Like, <laughs> first time. Boom. Like, I was like, man, I, re- I remember everything. Like, it's craziness, though. I was um, prog- programmed, you know. Yeah. And I think, really, the um slippery slope for you is what you said. Like, finding that, for London, finding that medium ground to where you're not forcing it, mm-hmm. but she still wants to play it after she dies. Yes. And, I mean, I think that that might be why, like, Kids gotta kind of do it on their own. That's why, like, everybody's playing Destiny right now because they want to play Destiny. It's why we were good at, we're good at the Nintendo games and Super Nintendo games and things like that because that's what we played, that's what we had, that's all we had, so we played this shit out of them. Um, I don't think that any, it's gonna be a, um, unique person nowadays, a younger individual that would be at our level with, with the old school games. They would have to sit down and buckle down. I don't see them being as good as we are. Just like we're not as good as the Billy Mitchells on some of those arcade games because they sat down on those and played them, you know? Yeah, and then then there's that other, like, if factor. Like, if they have faster twitch, well, you know? The, the genetic like, thing. Yeah, well. like, there's always, if, this, thing, if, if that, you know, the if take factor. Take a special individual. Like, you know, you got your super geniuses. Yep, that's a special individual. Right. You also got the, the kid that 
likes the retro stuff and buys it all and plays it too. I mean, there could be people listening to us right now and they're like, you know, younger kid and they, that's what they do. Well, I can definitely see that. There's a lot of them now. You have to want it though. That's the key. Yeah. So like with my daughter, I can't be like, all right, we're playing Ninja Gaiden today. That's all we're playing because she might be like, I can't stand this game ever again. Instead of building nostalgia, you build a hatred. Because you're forcing it. It's like a chore. So basically how I'm going to do it is if she wants to have gaming days and we start playing something and it becomes fun because we're doing it, you know, if we're both doing Ninja Gaiden and we're dying but we're having a good time, it'll build nostalgia. If it's like, oh no, you're gonna sit down and play this game till you beat it. <laughs> you know? Torture That's chamber, it. like, jeez. Like, no, there's no way in hell I'm doing that with my daughter. Like, that, that'll never happen. That, like, I wouldn't do that even with any game, cause then she's not gonna wanna do that or even wanna spend time doing that, so, no. Yeah, and I think the next step then comes down to, like, willpower, like, how stubborn is she? Cause yeah. I think stubbornness, is another thing with gamers, because me and you are super stubborn people, mm-hmm. and that's why we're, we won't, like, take um, no for an look, answer. Look like, we, we will fucking beat it. Like, that's the thing. Put your four fingers together and look at your hand. Is your first finger or your ring finger longer? If you put all your oh, fingers my together. Oh, my ring finger is, like, a lot longer. Yeah, because... That is apparently a personality trait. Really? I My ring finger is longer than my first finger. Andrea's are the same length. Really? And then there's other people that their first finger is longer than their ring finger. Apparently, like, people are passive-aggressive when both fingers are the same length. People are stubborn as hell if your ring finger's longer. And then there's some kind of crazy other trait if your first finger is longer. But, like, it really, like, there was, there's been a lot of studies and stuff. You can look it up online, too. It's crazy. There's a cool, couple cool articles to read. But, She's definitely but passive, I, I though. At, I looked at, <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I looked at London's fingers today when I was thinking about that, and her ring finger's longer. So, she's going to definitely be down our route. It's just whether she wants to jump with us. If she wants to have, you know, bonding with her dad, then she's going to play some games. <laughs> That's just how it is. We're already playing Chrono Trigger, so I know she wants to hang out. And I'll let her, too. That's the other thing. Like, I'm not going to push her away ever. If she wants to play Chrono Trigger, I'm like, alright, let's do it. Right. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Play Chrono Trigger all night. Like, like, there was one day, like, on a Saturday, like, when I didn't have to work the next day, we played Chrono Trigger till like, 11pm with my daughter. I played it with my daughter. She wanted to, you know? Yeah, that, that that's was, already a good sign of uh, attention span. Yes. Cause, um, her attention span sometimes is, you know, she's a toddler. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's her, like she's really into it. Like, um, when I went the, one of the last times and I went and fought Lavos on the New Game Plus, like, after, in the middle of that battle, yeah, she got up and left. <laughs> she was, the battles kind of bored her, but the story was getting her this time. I, I think though, as she grows and matures, like she's gonna be her own human being, her own gamer, and I'm gonna just gonna let her experience things how she wants to. We got infinite games here, though. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, so it's just gonna be whether she, you know she gives up or not. But I guess if, she, if that whole theory is right about the uh, the fingers, yeah. she she'll be stubborn and not passive ag- aggressive in the. 
She's definitely stubborn, like in other aspects. So we'll see if she's like that with games, too. Because when you think about it, like a game should do that to you because it, you're paying like a decent amount of money. It, it shouldn't just be like a like a write off. Oh, I just mm-hmm. beat it. There, well, there's there should be a point in time where you're like, damn, like am I am I gonna beat this? Like I actually think that that's thing cool. Is, if she wants to you know, use the whole controller aspect because she's had an iPad since she was one. Yeah. Like, we've been getting her more game-related apps and stuff on her iPad. Like, she has this one that makes milkshakes now. <laughs> and, she can, and she knows how to do all the little stuff in it, like, make mix it and how to <laughs> add ingredients and all that craziness. Like, she enjoys it. It's cute. And, and yeah, the thing is she loves cooking, too, because, you know, Andrea... Likes to cook, and she's actually involved her in baking. Good, good. So, so like, but the thing is, though, is that that's, you know, mother-daughter bonding, and Andrea actually is involving her with it, so I think, though, like, anything that we can do to involve her is going to bring her into it. Like, I don't see my daughter being much of a outdoorsy sports-type person, because I don't sit there and play sports after work. When I get done with work, I'm going to sit and have a beer and play some games. <laughs> so I think she's going to get into games more so with me. And my wife's not an outdoorsy type person at all. Like, so I don't, yeah. I think my daughter will get into sports if she has friends that get her into it. That's going to be the other thing, too, is our friendships do, um, you know, develop who we are as a person. Everything does. So, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I had friends that had, you know, the Nintendo when it first came out. I didn't get one for a year or two after that. I was still playing Atari and Commodore. But they had the Nintendo. I would go over there and play Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Like, you know, way before I had it. Yeah, because I actually didn't have it until everyone else did. Cause my parents were just that way. And yeah. uh, so I, I had the orange zapper, which is proof, because all my other friends had the gray one. Because there was yeah. that, that year when they had to make all the fake guns have like an orange what year did the orange come out like what games were coming out around the time that the orange started to come out it was when that triple pack came out with the track and field the mario and the duck hunt and the power pad it's when that like was fresh on the market okay so that was probably before my time i got a um a hand-me-down from tammy who was getting didn't like it or something but your parents were bad too in that way like they didn't. Cause I had I had Mario <laughs> Duck Hunt and TNC Surf Design. So we like, like I just wasn't that spoiled. Um, later on, it, it would kind of the first new game that I got like maybe the Legacy of Wizard um, Home Shopping Network deal. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember I that. That was the first new game that I got because the thing was is that like I had Mario Duck Hunt TNC, which was hand me over. Then that Christmas. I got Ghosts and Goblins and Athena and um, uh, one other game. And I think I traded Athena to one of our cousins, Brian, for Super Mario 2. Um, but they were all hand-me-downs. None of those were new. None of those, like, that's why I didn't have a lot of boxes. I didn't get shit new. Uh, <laughs> like I, my parents were terrible about that stuff. I think the first game I got was... Mario 3 might be the first game I got boxed. I think Legends of Zelda, because I wanted Ninja Gaiden, so I used to play Ninja Gaiden at a buddy's house before we go to school. I'd 
his house was on the way to school, so I'd go to his house, and then from there we'd go to school. But for like 10 or 15 minutes, if we had time, we'd play the NES. From that point on, I was always looking for it, and uh I could never fucking find it. It was just kind of one of those things. It was like, oh, of course I can't find it. But um that was the one day where I was, saw the gold cart and KB, and I'm just like, Done. yeah, can I get this? And my mom's like, have you ever played it before? And I was like, yeah, I really didn't even know what the fuck it was. It was just one of those like gut feelings. Yeah. It's kind of funny how, how that works. And that was like the best lie that I ever told. So I think that was the first game I had. And then DuckTales, DuckTales maybe came after that. Oh, that's another story. Um, so like, when did you get Nintendo Power? Did you get it right when you got a Nintendo? Wow. Okay. So you you brought back a bunch of like things that I forgot about. So basically, um, also in the time that I was supposed to get Zelda, I was supposed to get Contra two, and this is this goes with the Nintendo Power thing. I was supposed to get Contra two. Um, so I got grounded. I did something. I don't know whatever it was. Verna, you know, um, our cousin actually got me. Contra for, it was like my birthday or Christmas or something. I think it was my birthday, but I did something, I can't even remember what it was. It must have been awful, because they wouldn't let me have the game for like a month well, or two. You're from Problem Child. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so they, they, they wouldn't let me have that game for like one or two months. Now, my dad found out about Contra from his students, because he taught middle school in eighth grade, uh-huh. and this is leading to the Final Fantasy. And they were, like, talking about the up, up, down code, you know, the Konami code. Mm-hmm. And then, so my dad's like, Let's check out Contra. So that's how I ended up getting Contra. Um, and let me tell you, though, when I was done with my grounding, I, I like, went crazy. Like, <laughs> that made that game, like, a hundred times better because I, I had been, like, wanting to play it for, like, so fucking long. And you had it sitting there and couldn't play it. It was horrible, dude. Yeah, it was like the <laughs> ultimate pain. But okay, so then <laughs> the ultimate pain. So then let let's just go fast forward a few months to where my dad's kids are talking about Final Fantasy now and freaking out about it. It had really hit the fan. Um, it was super successful at that point. I got and you know all people were were getting into it. So. My dad's like, hey, there's this Final Fantasy game all the kids are talking about. They said you you should, you know, definitely get into it. I'm like, okay, you know, if you're going to give me a free game, that's cool. So he's like, let's go to the video game in Emporium. It was just down the road. It was like a local little video game place. And uh the guy there was like, well, they got Final Fantasy, but, but you know, you can get a subscription to Nintendo Power and we'll also give you a Final Fantasy strategy guide, um, if you have a subscription. Um, so, cause I guess if you got the subscription, you could make a choice between... Yeah, your guides. You always got that choice back in the day. You had Dragon Warrior Cart. You had the Final Fantasy guide. I don't know. There were like a few different things you could choose. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was basically just choosing for us and giving us a discount. And probably getting money from Nintendo in the process. Oh yeah, they keep keeping partnerships going. <laughs> yeah, so that was how that whole thing happened, and it's funny because I didn't even get into that game until I was in like college. That's craziness that you mentioned that too, because 
I wanted Final Fantasy, and that's just where my parents were a different beast. Like, I, I've read about or heard about, I think it was on, like, the school, you know, at, like, recess at school or something. Everybody was mm-hmm. talking about Final Fantasy. I'm like, man, I really want to, want that game. I might have even seen, like, a screenshot of it, or maybe on a cartoon or something, they had a commercial or something like that mm-hmm. for it. But, like, I was like, I really wanted that game. And that's when that whole home shopping network, and my parents bought me, Legacy of the Wizard, said the Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, they got a subscription to Nintendo Power, somehow. So they got me, oh, look at them, another game. So I also got Dragon Warrior. Ah, okay, I gotcha. didn't get Final Fantasy Guide because they didn't give me Final Fantasy. They got me Dragon Warrior. And you can so get, an, uh, like, a whole other game, which is awesome. Yeah, so they're like, well, look at him, two games. Um, the first issue that I got, it was out of order. Um, I have got the Star Tropics issue. That was my first issue in Nintendo Power. I have that one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then after that, they sent me the Mega Man 3 issue, which was the issue prior to it. Somehow they sent them to me backward. But that was my first issue in Nintendo Power. So everything before that was foreign to me. That's why, like, later on when I got every issue of Nintendo Power, because I have them all now, mm-hmm. it's craziness because, it's like, oh, man, there's some really awesome shit in there. And, you know, the the neighbors that had Mario Brothers and they had all the cool systems, they had all the old issues in Nintendo Power, so I was able to, like, you know, when I went over to there, they, somebody would know the secrets. That's where the kids knew the secrets, because they had a Nintendo Power subscription. Yeah, and I think my very first one was Vice Project Doom, like, maybe Volume 20. A couple 20. issues after me. Yeah, it was, like, Volume 29, maybe. Um, let me check. But, yeah, no, but, it's it's like it's yeah, it's a few issues later. It's volume twenty four. Um nice. I think mine was volume twenty. Something like that, I think. That was close in there. Yeah, and it was There was also like a, a huge Ninja Turtles two um article in one of them. So that was May nineteen ninety one, so I was eight years old when nice. I when all this shit went down. I was nine. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's the craziness though. Is like that was our peak, our heyday of when we first got into gaming hardcore. So that's about like when we're thinking about like my daughter. Like she's three. She still has another, you know, five to <laughs> you know five years until she's gonna be heavy into it and getting into what she wants to get into. But, like, that's that's a crazy, like, little stories, though, like, when we got into it based on what magazines we got. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was funny how you mentioned the uh, the home shopping because I, I also got Legacy of the Wizard from the home shopping yeah. network because um, I, I actually had s- saw it during the, the day um, when I was a kid, and it was like, um, uh-huh. it actually, it looked amazing. I didn't realize how fucking cryptic it was until I got it. Shit, um, Legacy of the Wizard and Dragon Warrior without a guide. A whole cryptic as shit, and I got both of them on the same Christmas. Yeah, just wandering <laughs> around aimlessly, like... I, I never, to this day, still haven't beaten Dragon Warrior 1, and it's just because, when as a kid, I really didn't enjoy it that much because of how lost I would get. Um, That's why that 16-bit Super Nintendo one's awesome, because there's not the stupid commands... And it's a little more straightforward. I was actually, I was planning on being it on the Super Nintendo. But, okay. yeah, don't have time. <laughs> yeah, and then, as, and then from what that, and I'm surprised no one's made like a Nintendo Age post of all this because 
Then from that same home shopping club started selling the the Quattro game from Codemasters. Yeah. I I didn't get that, but I used to um rent that game. Someone needs to someone needs to do a post on Nintendo Age and say like who's gotten games from like, you know, the TV yeah, home type. shopping. Yeah, the home shopping stuff. Um, it'd just be interesting to see because that was when I got Quattro Adventure. Because wasn't and, um, um not, just not I, Legacy of the Wizard, but wasn't the Guardian Legend also around that time too? I don't know if that was home shopping, but that um, might have been another one that was around that time. One that I do remember and can confirm was Air Fortress. Air Fortress. You could choose between that and I think Legacy of the Wizard. That was in the okay. same like. You would basically they were they were selling a number of games, and then now, you could just choose whichever ones you wanted. But of course, as kids, we could only choose one because they're fucking like sixty dollars. Yeah, they were definitely sixty bucks. You know, if I remember right, though, like my parents got me Legacy of the Wizard because I didn't ask for Final Fantasy. I asked for the adventure game. Or something like that. Like, there's a game with a bunch of characters. You know, I knew what it was, but I explained it, like, to a point where it could have been Final Fantasy or Legacy of the Wizard. Like, it, Legacy of the Wizard, on the front, there's a, a family. So yeah. So, there's your warrior. So, if my mom went and she probably did this, watched the home shopping or saw the game, oh, my God, the game's right here. Let me just buy it. You know what I mean? Like, she thought she was doing a great thing and didn't realize that I was trying to explain Final Fantasy, and I did a poor job. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. That, that's the irony. And- experience when I lived like two moves ago I lived in uh, Plymouth Indiana in the boondocks and we fought a uh, legacy of the wizard like hardcore we got really far yeah I, I know that we That's could beat it shit. for sure I know we could beat it um it just, we we just got have to drunk keep, that night <laughs> yeah we just have to keep plug, plugging away yeah um, we, we just got way too drunk that night and the thing was though is that we were following you know a guide mm-hmm there's no way we could have done that without a guy. It's most one of the most cryptic games ever. What was cool about that game, though, was kind of like what was cool about Simon's Quest for me. It wasn't the fact that I didn't even know what was happening. It's just the fact that I can go somewhere and keep going. And that was, that was what was really cool about Legacy of the Wizard, because you could glitch a lot of shit out or, like, jump yeah. on a guy who's flying and then just so happen to get over in this next room. And then from there, see if you can get to the next room. In the next room, and that's, in, in Legacy you know, of the Wizard especially, when you did stuff like that, it felt like you weren't supposed to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, that it, was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, was, it almost was like you were glitching it out or something. And, and to this day, I enjoy games where when you play them, it feels like you're doing something you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's, I love that shit. 
whole naughty factor. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. and it, 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 uh, definitely resonates with that game like the, um, big the time. New, uh, <laughs> the new WWE wrestling game, um, they said that they're bringing it to the PC. Um, somebody posted it up on one of the gaming groups on Facebook, and my only post was, well, if they, if they make it a hacker's dream, I might actually play the game. <laughs> like, if you can hack the shit out of the game and have crazy-ass wrestlers in it or something, you know, it. making it yeah. do something that it's not supposed to do, I would be all over that game. Like, I, that's the thing, though, is, like, it's, it's fun to glitch stuff out, and I think that's why I think people enjoy the Grand Theft Auto series, because you can do crazy shit in there. <laughs> Yeah, cause that, it's pretty much open to your imagination. If, if you wanna pile, you know. Well, even in a game where you can pretty much do anything, people still wanna do stuff that you're not supposed to do. Like, I've seen people, like, riding on the top of, like, a tank or something and sniping them off of while the other guy's driving the tank and, you know, like, doing crazy shit that, you know, you're not really intended to do. Yeah, just trying to, like, glitch it out. And it's just fun because you know you're doing. Oh my god, this guy's surfing out of a car! Like, what the hell? Yeah, there was there was some guy on Game FAQ. Like, he's he dedicates his like gaming to like finding Vice City glitches. Yeah, because there's just so many. Like, if if you ride into the mall with a golf cart, or yeah, supposedly it enters like a ghost world. I think you have to with a baggage cart. It's either a baggage cart. Or a golf cart. I think it's a baggage cart, but it could be a golf cart. You, you, because you're not supposed to go into the mall with a car, but the car is small enough and they didn't like set the parameters. Mm-hmm. So then you just enter like this weird ass ghost world, which I haven't seen it, but you've, you've seen it? Yeah, I think I saw like a video on it or something online and it was, it looked freaking crazy. And I know I've been into the ghost world in um, GTA 3 a ton. Like falling through and <laughs> that was and that game um that came out I don't know if it was before it was way before Driver on the PlayStation One oh my god that game was insane like they had the um because you that one you don't get out of the car so you're just driving but um there's this, there's crazy copper mode is what me and my nephew Zach called it and you would get chased by the cops and they would hit you like going 100 200 miles an hour <laughs> you go flying yeah well there's like that, the um, the the actual hit detection was so poor in that game, or maybe that game was so crazy that it, you you like fly through buildings and like go into space. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. We, we would call it. I can't remember what me and Zach used to call it, like going into the negative world, or like there was some crazy <laughs> thing we had, and that was the game that got Zach into games. Because you could seriously hold down the gas button. It didn't matter where you steered because you were going to die anyways. They were going to destroy you. It was just how long you could last. And we used to, and the thing was, is me and him playing it, we're laughing our asses off. And that got him into video games. Yeah, he <laughs> was like, on. he was like quoting every single character from Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah, um, that when, game when, when that we were hanging out, I'm like, damn, this dude's like knows his shit. Yeah, cause like, Driver got him into it. And that was when he was like six. Or even younger, maybe. Um, but then, like, by the time GTA 3 came out, he was, like, us with Zelda. And, like, us with Contra. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was time for him. Which is, that's just crazy generation, like, that his Contra is Grand Theft Auto 3. And he has a bunch of other ones, too. They play some of the wrestling games and stuff like that, where you can create your own characters. And, and 
then that's an interesting thing too, because then we we tried to get him the NES with Hogan's Alley and like get him into it, but he was he just didn't want it. Mm-mm. Nope, so, didn't want it at all. I could could remember his birthday or something, but yeah, you you got him the the SNES one of yeah, yours. Yeah, there was there was that one, and then I gave him a bunch of old Transformers that are not worth a fuck ton. But he um wasn't into them, so my sister, being the awesome mother that she was, threw them all out. Um, and then the Transformers movie came out, and he got into Transformers when he had all the G1. Right, because and cause I it was, shudder at that now. It's like, oh, yeah. And the the whole thing with the NES too, it's kind of like we were trying to instill our nostalgia, but he didn't, he wasn't there, so he couldn't comprehend like. And we made the one mistake that I won't make with my daughter, that we just gave him the NES and the games and didn't sit down and play it. Oh, yeah, like, here, this is it, instead of, like, like here, let's nurturing let's it. Play mine. Then that's what I'm going to do with London is, like, we're going to play it. And if she likes it, if it's hilarious, you know, we're enjoying it. Like, if, if she played, like, Double Dragon 2 with me and you, I should love the game because we're crazy with that game. It's so fun. But, like, if we just give her Contra and let her play it, she's not going to get good. We have to play, we have to make an interactive experience. Like, back in the day, even when we were kids, like, playing it with friends, like, we would switch off on Mario. Like, that's just how you did it. Um, and there's certain people that sat there on their own and, you know, played the shit out of it too. But then you also had the experiences where you played it with friends too, and that's when the great, the good games become great. Two. Double Dragon 2. Woo! Exactly. Yep. You know what I mean, though? Like, there's certain games that we got into on our own. There's other games we got into on our own. And then other, by playing it with friends and stuff, made it even better. Yeah, and I, I distinctly recall that's where Game Genie was cool because it was like a way for me to, um, get them to play, because I could be like, you want to see the end of this game? Well, let's put in the game Genie Codes, and then we can just put, like, Infinite Lives, and then we would both play through the game and beat it. It's kind of like the Contra Code with 30 lives. Yeah. Um. So, you just wanted to... There was also something mean that I used to do to this one kid uh, with Ninja Gaiden. It was, it's not mean, but it's kind of just... Uh, I would tell him he could control the enemies, <laughs> just to get him to like think that he was doing something, and then I would just play through Ninja Gaiden, and he he actually thought he was like controlling the enemies, but he never was. So that's awesome, <laughs> evil, vindictive, good old Derek Shimming. Yeah, <laughs> you remember that kid though, because of that like little like nameless dude, like faceless boy, <laughs> just so I could play that game more, like. Yeah, so you, you were technically sharing without having yeah. to share. <laughs> I had Dude, to I, I guess tell I that one. That's little, great. Like, I guess I used to be a little shit. Like, my brother used to remember, like, he would come home, like, because he was in the Air Force for a while. He'd come home and, like, he'd want to play and, like, he'd, like, want me to share a game or something. And, and, like, I guess my quote was, but you were just playing. And I was playing probably for, like, an hour straight or something. <laughs> you know, because... Because I was used to, kind of like you were, like, we're used to playing stuff on our own, so we get infinite playtime. Yeah. So when we had friends over, we would manipulate to be able to play more. <laughs> and 
like me, like my with my brother, like he remembers that distinctly because he would come home every once in a while. Whenever he'd play, like I was being a little shit, and it was like night and day. Because by the time we got to like Super Nintendo and 64 era, like it was all about sharing, and I used to like it changed 100 percent for me. Now it's to the point where I enjoy like other people getting good at games too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seeing other people's skills progress is great. Yeah, there's there's an aspect to um, sitting back now and just kind of enjoying the watching it more. Yeah. Um, but as a kid, it was all about playing it. I mean, I think that has to do with a, a lot why some of these game or YouTube channels are becoming popular because people do enjoy watching people with great skills play and like watching people even. Like, the arena with Game Center 6, watching people play it terribly, but still having the drive to go on. Like, that's in- entertainment for people, so I think that's why the YouTube community is thriving as it is. Yeah, once you mature to a certain level, it's like that, that day you stop playing with G.I. Joes and you start displaying G.I. Joes. Yeah. It's and that we day... We talked about that in the uh, the bonus six that just went up on the podcast. Um, that whole picture mentality, like we're, we're into the collection more than we're into the plane. Yeah. And then because you don't play with it anymore, but it's still cool. There's actually a stage between that. There's, there's a stage when you don't want to be a kid and all that stuff's dumb. Uh-huh. And then you come back to it, like maybe close to the end of like high school. Tenfold. <laughs> yeah. And actually, like, I went through and I progressed with the systems. That's the thing. So, then then there's the kids that never threw away their stuff like me. And me. And, but, and you. But like, with, with, like, Nintendo, then Super Nintendo. By the time I was in high school, I moved on to 64 and PlayStation. And, like, I didn't really play the old systems as much. But I moved on, but there was never a point where I didn't play any kind of game where I was trying to, like, quote-unquote, grow up. I never had that, for sure. Yeah, there's a whole thing where, like, well, it's more like an action figure. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like toys. toys. It's a toy thing. It's like yeah. a anti-toy face. Like, I'm, I'm too big for toys. Because that's what's supposed to happen, like, you're not a kid anymore. That's what our parents did. Want us to, yeah. Whereas now, our generation and our kids, we're not going to care if they hold on to the stuff or not. Like, Yeah, there's a maturity aspect to where the kid has to grow up, but I don't think it's necessary to strip them of what they enjoy. Enjoy. Yep. Which is what our parents wanted to, like, transform us. Like, now you go into this stage. Like, now you, you completely change where it's it's not always yeah. the best way to do it. But like we were saying on the last podcast, I mean, they they, they mostly just, you know, watched sports, had barbecues, uh-huh. drank beer, you know, like, played cards. They well, didn't... And, they and That no, wasn't their no way of life as games. They didn't... Games yeah. were a way to get us out of the fucking room. In their generation, their working class, their idea of becoming an adult is different than nowadays working class becoming an adult. Like, education now is mandatory. There's different types of jobs. You're not doing the same stuff. Like, now we can go sit in a damn office 
and do stuff with computers digitally and make that our job. Whereas your dad was teaching, my dad was doing, you know, draftsman work for freaking buildings and shit. Like they were all doing like, like the, the different types of jobs, what it meant was different in their, you know, era. And the best, yeah, the best was when we would come back from like uncle John's with a bag of figures and your dad would just like, (laughs) But just shake yeah. his head like fucking why? Yeah, like my dad, I remember like I was I was in high school or college and I I think it was college and I found a Hellraiser figure. I was we were in Columbus at my brother's and I found a pinhead Hellraiser. Pinhead was hard to it. find, yeah. And my dad was furious that I bought that. I don't know why. He's like, you should be out of that shit or something like that. Like, wasting your money. And, like, number one, I worked a freaking job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and number two, like, it's horror-related. There's nothing kitty about that at all. Yeah, it's <laughs> you can't just, even buy it, that unless you're over 18. It's the <laughs> stigma that, like, kids play with dolls. Kids play with dolls, yeah. yeah. And it was like, he was so pissed off. He didn't understand the collector aspect. And to this day, he probably still doesn't. He's probably like, man, what the hell is with my son and all those freaking video games? Like, every time he leaves my place when he came to visit in Indiana. <laughs> when I was there. <laughs> he probably was. I mean, the thing is, is, it's craziness. But it's just how they were brought up and different eras. Like, our medium is different than his medium. It's important to note because the generation gap, oh. you know, is just huge. Yeah. They just don't get it, and I mean, it kind of gets into why people aren't freaking out over these Mortal Kombat games. Yeah, because we grew up with violence. We don't care. And we've seen like Friday Thirteenth, all all those all those films, some, you know, a hundred times some of those over. Movies like Halloween were released before we were born. <laughs> yeah, seventy eight, absolutely. Oh, yeah, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, we weren't even born, and those things are brutality. So. Like, it's just, that's the thing, like, and now we're the ones that have kids, and, like, me, I'm in my 30s, and I have a 3-year-old, well, there's people that are in their 30s that have a freaking 15-year-old, have a teenager, they're already in high school. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I know a lot of people that I went to high school with that have kids in high school right now, Um, and that's the thing, that's why, like, those parents, they don't give a shit, like. We were playing Mortal Kombat in high school. You'd be a hypocrite if you complained about them playing Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just how it is. There's these layers that have to be taken into consideration. Like, the game mirrors the show, like DuckTales, perfect example. So you have your show, and then you have the game, and it reinforces yeah. both. And When you had, like, Legend of Zelda, where you'd have the game, and then we would play Legend of Zelda outside. <laughs> so yeah. we still, cause that's the one that thing was awesome. that like, a lot of people think about is, oh, well, you know, kids nowadays aren't gonna get outside and play. Well, I mean, we had video games when we grew up. We, and I think Pat Danius Punk just talked about this too on their, his YouTube channel. But, um, but basically like, we still went outside and played. We always, and, and when we play, we emulate what we're interested in. So we were doing Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a huge board game that I used to play called Hero Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just freaking awesome. Yeah, it's sitting in my games. closet right now. Yeah, and it's we John's. Used to, um, <laughs> but we used to run around as like the barbarian and the the, the war 
warlord and the wizard and we used to run around in the woods because I had Arrowhead Lodge back by my parents house which was a huge freaking forest and which was like a paradise for me and then there's like winding trails outside of Arrowhead we used to run through all that stuff with like staffs and pretending they're swords and stuff I used to love the woods and all that stuff I, I love that just as much as playing inside um, mm-hmm. that, that's another stigma of like you know, kids do go out and play. I, I think there's an over exaggeration. Well, I mean, even here, where I'm at on the East Coast, like behind our house, there's a freaking little like cul-de-sac part of the road, and there's kids out there playing every day. Kids want to play. It's a, it's natural. Like, I mean, it could be this area. I don't know, but um, like they're out there playing. It's like, supposed when to happen. In Indi- when I was in Indiana, there weren't kids outside playing at all. So <laughs> that could be, be the difference too. Is like the difference of an area, difference of you know demeanors. Um, also, like like you were saying, like video games and certain stuff was a way for our parents to get rid of us. Yeah, and and that's one thing with like my current way that we're raising my daughter is like we're. I feel like we're a much bigger part than my parents were of my, me growing up. And that's kind of where I think about, like, Goonies, too. Like, where it was Konami and Cahoots. Like, let's just get these kids to do a bunch of cryptic shit <laughs> and just keep them occupied. Like, that's the thing. We're, we're games meant... What were games meant for? Like, you know, like, at well, the they, time, they, was it was meant yeah, to cause... occupy kids? Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because initially video games were meant to eat quarters. And yeah, and arcade stuff. Horror. Yeah, and then when they first ported it, like the Atari games and stuff, they were trying to emulate that on the system. Um, then you had some people that were ambitious, like with Adventure and Pitfall, where they had different, you know, complexities. And then by the time you got to the NES, like people were starting to devise like ways to keep us entertained. Now, if you had somebody that had our parents' mentality in mind, I could see crazy ass like Goonies too, like giving you busy tasks. <laughs> yeah, because the games go from high scores to like try everything and every combination until you get it right, or subscribe to Nintendo Power. So I don't know what if it was subscribed Nintendo Power was the thing, or. Certain games, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, like, if there was a Cahoots thing involved, like, you just gotta wonder. I mean, other games, I think that they were just trying to bring upon a new experience, and some people, just like when you see a artist painting, some people are better than others at doing it. Yeah, and a, a, great, a great touch with that is Simon's Quest, where people say, kneel down at the, cl- at the cliff, that's cryptic, actually it's not. I figured that out on my own by talking to the townspeople. Yeah. The thing is, is somebody playing that game now, even though now we have the internet, but now somebody playing that would have a much harder time with no help than we did back in the day. Because back in the day, what did we do? You're in Simon's Quest. There's nothing else to do at a certain point except for talk to everybody. So we talked to everybody. Yeah, and it comes to the whole thing of if you have one game how to get the most longevity out of that game. And Simon's Quest does it well. I mean, that's yeah. the thing I, people don't think about now. Like, mm-hmm. they're picking up the game, but they're not realizing that... I think the company made that under the impression that this could be the only game that that kid has. 
So let's and make I mean, sure there, there that... There is certain stuff that the townspeople say that's bullshit, too, but that's to be expected. And yeah, it's... Is, as a kid, when you played it and they told you something wrong, you're like, all right, well, that person's lying. So then you go to the next person. Like, yeah, I never I thought of that as a big deal. <laughs> and I can't remember who d- distinctly says it in that game, but someone does say Neil at Deborah Cliff mm-hmm. and Bam... So I think that's all it says. It doesn't say like what happens. It's like with the whole tornado thing, but um, yeah, it's, it just said Neil. It's like, it's Cliff. it's there though, and I think yeah, people don't realize that us as kids were just sitting there like for four or five hours just playing that game straight. Yeah, and like in that one section, four or five hours. Yeah, like people like people want to jump into it and just beat it, but. I didn't even know you had to like get the oak stake and like hit the orb and then you get like, I didn't even know all that until someone showed me one of my buddies. Like I was just wandering around like happy that I could keep going left. And you could go left or right and you weren't dying in two minutes like you were in the original Castlevania. Um, you're actually able to play the game. Because the only other game that I had that had any resemblance to that in the beginning was like a Super Mario or like Contra yeah. where you're just going one direction. So to me, that was mind-blowing. That and, I, I, and I had freedom now. Like, I had complete freedom and people don't get that like how mind-blowing that would be to a kid who only had, okay, platformer, go right. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a big one with Castlevania too. And I mean, the whole comparison of that to the original as well, the original one is super difficult, and you start playing two, and you're like, oh, well, this is a lot easier. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> so is. So, I mean, you could sit there and fart around with the game, and I think that was kind of what they wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. They wanted you, I mean, it's called Simon's Quest. Yeah, you could continue forever. Quest around. You could, I mean, <laughs> you could continue forever in all the games, actually, but in, in, in that game in particular... It was easy to start from where you died. It wasn't like you had to start the whole level over because there were no levels. Yeah. There were mansions and stuff, but that was completely different. And those were pretty easy, too, for the most part. I never even... I don't even think I got past the uh, messing around stage in that game. I just enjoyed that part. Yeah, the thing with the mansions, it got... They were all very similar. So it, it did hit that stage of redundancy to where you're like... Yeah. Okay, like I've seen this a million times. Um, there's only like the music in that game like outlines it perfectly. There's a town, there's a bunch of towns, there's a bunch of like wildlands, there's a bunch of mansions, and then there's Dracula's castle, and then there's nighttime and daytime. Yeah, those are the only music. There's only there's only like five or six tracks in that game, and then you have the ending track and the very beginning. I think um, what kept the game a little more fresh than Say a Cheatman Two, where the same song plays a million times, or you know another game where the the whole soundtrack is one song, like Back to the Future, for example, that we used earlier, um, was the day night cycle, because you got a different song every couple minutes, even if it was the same two songs over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I thought how it was cool how when you could buy a Morning Star Whip and upgrade. And uh that's kind of like when you start getting older. When you're a little kid, that stuff's far gone. It's like kind of how I was saying with Final Fantasy. Like, I didn't get into that until college, actually. 
And then I realized, like, the behemoth that it was. But I, see, I played Final Fantasy as a kid, but I, I never grasped everything together. I never kind of, like, understood, okay, let's grind and let's make a lot of money so we can buy this. I never had kind of like a set plan until my mind was like ready for it. Um, I was just more of like blast through on a platformer, you know, and just get to the next level kind of thing instead of like kind of farming for things. And But once I was ready for it, um, it blew my mind. And I think it's kind of the same with Simon's Quest. So when you're a kid, you're just having fun, like jumping around. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, but then once you like, oh, I can buy stuff, I can upgrade, and then it kind of like pieces itself together. But I actually never owned that game as a kid. I always rented it, so it was kind of one of those um, elusive deals. Like, I I had only played it in like fleeting moments, so yeah, it, it just left me wanting more all the time. Anyway, <laughs> and my experience was almost exactly the same, except for I had Dragon Warrior. Instead of Final Fantasy. And I definitely didn't really know what to do, you know, with the game. So I was just trying to get to new areas and all the guys were overpowered. And, you know, I didn't realize that I could just go and, you know, save with the king and keep on leveling up until I'm strong enough. <laughs> yeah, the whole farming aspect. Yeah. Nowadays, like me and you, whenever we play an RPG, we try to like level up at the beginning so we're overpowered throughout the entire game yeah because the whole grinding thing is when you're a kid too the you you don't want to do that because mm -hmm. you want to just go balls out yeah like you want every it's almost like an you want immediate satisfaction yeah and then when you grow up you kind of realize that life there's more to life than just that so you slow down and a I little think bit that's kind of the genius behind chrono trigger coming full circle because Chrono Trigger, you don't really need to grind. I mean, the game, right on the outset, if you know how to play an RPG and you know good techniques, you can get through the game without grinding at all it's, so far. <laughs> it's funny how, like, the gold is, like, perfect to where um, you can go in a shop. Like, I, I just went to the future, you know, the dismal future, and it's yeah. like, Everything in the shop I could just afford. Like it, it almost knew the mathematics of it had almost put that all in the consideration. Like once you get to this like, point, you'll you have this much. These, if you beat all these enemies right here, you'll have this much money. Yeah. So if you're smart about your spending, you'll be able to buy this. Yeah, and that's kind of what angers me about nitpickers is like they don't realize how much fucking work went into this shit. Oh my god. That's that's what kind of upsets me. Like when people shit on, like, stuff, and it's it's not warranted. With, like, <laughs> Rondo, for example, yeah. Like, um, if someone didn't like Maria, that's, how can you dock that? Because yeah, if, if anybody would dock Rondo of Blood for a optional feature extra, that would be hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, because you don't, just don't do it. It's like, um, people saying, uh, on, CD now or Amazon.com, like, th this album's too long. Like, wh what do you mean? <laughs> too it's long. too long. Just press stop. That's what I could never understand. Yeah, like, like they I, gave I you. Understand the, the not enough content because it's yeah. short of something. It's like saying they, they gave you too much food. 
Just put it in a fucking doggy bag. Yeah. Just go back to the CD later. Put it in the doggy bag. Like, like with um with Chrono with the bonus stuff that's for the DS, the little um enemy battling thing. I mean, it doesn't really fit with the game. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like a um it almost like takes you out of the game to play it. Once I do it more often, maybe if I start doing it, because right now I was just playing that monster mode without going back into the game. So maybe if I stop doing the actual like grinding of that part and just start playing the game and go back there whenever, um, that might be more fun. It might be what they meant you to do, like what what the developers want you to do. I don't know. <laughs> so so you mean like when you when you're grinding? Well, it wasn't because that's a different type. Like so, basically that little monster mode I was talking about. If you have the monster battle other monsters, um, you can get rare items, right? Yeah. In order to level that character up, you have to send him to train with an item. That takes 10 to 15 minutes of you just waiting until that 15 minutes elapses, and then go back in there, and he's trained. So there's a real-time aspect that you have to wait. Which is kind of like the whole thing in Chrono, where they put you in that cell for three days, and you have to yeah. like wait. And they um they tell you though, like the guy once you send him to train, he's like, Hey, yeah, go you know, go off and do your thing and come back and he should be done. Like they want you to go play the game and come back. But I wasn't doing that. I was trying to, you know, get some rare items before I continued on. My own greed kind of pulled me out of it. Now, am I gonna dot Chrono Trigger because there's a awesome bonus game to get some extra items <laughs> that I don't have to play? That's the thing. They they no, didn't no. have to put Maria in Rondo. Yeah, is that same thing. So, you know, so, so if you don't like it, pretend like they didn't. Just play it as freaking Richter. That's my thing, and that's where it it's it is upsetting because like my, my thing why, is, is because Rondo did that makes it that that sets that game even on a higher pedestal. There's even more. To that's do. what I'm saying. So that's that's what kicks me in the nuts when people bitch about that. Like, do you know how much work they fucking made sure that you could beat it with both characters? Think about how much work went into that. Yeah, exactly. Think about that. Like every tweak of every level insanity. had to be perfect. That's where Symphony of Night super insanity because they have an upside down castle too. Yeah. So they. they oh my god! Castle, like oh my god! Castle can be played upside down by three characters in <laughs> the Saturn version. In the Saturn one. Um. Yeah. There, there's one thing that I'll mention too. Um. I did a little bit of research on the Symphony of the Night. I guess the one that's unlockable on Dracula X Chronicles on the PSP. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, you can't get Richter or Maria until you beat the game. Just like in Symphony of the Night on the PlayStation, you can't get Richter until after you beat the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have to use the name Richter or Maria. Now, Maria, apparently, I haven't seen any videos, I haven't watched it, I haven't played it yet, because I'm not going to beat Symphony of the Night just to see this. <laughs> but um, It's a long yeah. one. It's a long one. <laughs> Yeah, both both castles too. Um, yeah. Um, apparently, she only has a double jump and throws doves. Whereas the Saturn one that I played, where you could choose her right from the beginning, she was shooting fireballs and it's a triple jump. So that might be even a, a fourth game, fourth way to play the game. Jesus. Well, I mean, so and they had to be figured out too. And not only do they have Richter though in Symphony of the Night, but you also have the X. 
armor. You can play as the axe armor guy. That's right. I forgot about that. I used to do that when I was like really like, young, high school. Never, never beat it like that. I definitely played it just joking it. around. This is like a laugh. Yeah, but, I mean, but, I think going through now as all the different characters with all three of us playing as one, that would be pretty fucking cool. Uh, here's like what's going on in like in my head. So, but I wouldn't play Maria with double jump and doves. I would play Saturn Maria. I don't even care about the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, it, the crazy thing is like so the the programmer notices that there's a flaw with one of the characters, right? That means the castle needs to be changed, or the character needs to be changed. And if the castle needs to be changed, then that means that all the other characters get affected too. Yep. And that also means that the other, the upside down and the right side up, both those get factored in, and the enemies in those areas get factored in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if I was programming that game, I would have went fucking crazy. That's like, insanely intricate, and that's also yeah. why people like us are able to go then and you know find be able to do shit that we're not supposed to because so and that's also kind of why when when <laughs> someone says the game's shit you just want to punch him in the face oh my god or because for real like they have no idea small that they like <laughs> with any game it's like insane because you like you know how much went into that and then you're just saying oh you know, it's like you're scoffing it off like, like it's nothing. It's like, well, let's see you. Like, what do you, let's see what you can fucking do. You know, that's, that's kind of the whole thing. As a musician, it, it, that always hit with me, hit home with me because it was like, people would scoff at like an amazing guitarist and it's like, well, let's see what you can do. You know, you think you're such hot shit. Like, yeah, that was the whole I've, thing. I've seen a ton of people like talking crap about a certain guitarist or certain artist or something like that. And it's just kind of a good analogy in the like the pomposity of people, but no, nah, pomposity. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just kind of like really you're gonna complain about Symphony of the Night or like Rondo of Blood, like they 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 broke their back for you, like really, really. <laughs> like those those games go above <laughs> and beyond. Yeah, that's normality. That's kind of like if that CD hole. Was bigger in Rondo of Blood, I would fuck that shit. And that, and that. <laughs> that, that might be the code of the, uh, code of the season. Yeah. <laughs> if that whole me in that CD was bigger, I'd fuck that shit. <laughs> so, like, the tagline of season one video game bullshit. Yes, that's how amazing Rondo of Blood is. The, the craziest thing, though, is like, the mentality behind a lot of people doing podcasts, YouTube channels, all that stuff is like, oh, I want to get listeners, or I want subscribers. Like, you always see all the people, like, doing the, oh, I got a thousand subscribers, or I think, like, uh, GameSec had a hundred thousand subscribers now or something. And, like, they're always posting about that shit, like, like, I know we got people listening. Cool. <laughs> like, we did, we're doing this because we love video games and we bullshit about games anyways. Basically, if yeah. we weren't recording right now, we'd be on the phone bullshitting about video games. That's the key, <laughs> that we, we couldn't care less no. about. This is exactly what we would have as phone conversations. It's just we wouldn't go into stories that we've already told each other. And we are. And it's <laughs> which it's, are great to do again anyway. And it's perfect with with wrestling cuz they always say like the best characters are the ones who are just themselves. 
Yeah. We're not trying. We're not, like, when we go over something, it's because we want to go over that. And it's interesting to us. It's interesting to us. It's probably interesting to others. It's just how it works. And if it's not, then it's still interesting to us, and we're still going to do it. <laughs> it's like um, my blog is kind of morphed into an awesome amalgam of, you know, some of my reviews and a lot of the podcast stuff. And I know after um, season one finishes, I'm probably going to make a couple cool pages, like every game that we've done for homework alphabetized, and then like all the grades, like A games and B games and C games and D games and F games that we've actually done so that way people can look and see all the gems we've done they can see all that stuff and we can go back and see what we rated games so we do this for long enough man stuff's gonna hit different gears and be like hey why did we give that game a fucking D minus <laughs> you know what I mean yeah like maybe down the road oh yeah like years from now or whatever yeah cause that's how it is now like if you sold a game back in the day like why did I sell that you know Exactly. Like what what got into me, you know? Yeah. And it's like, hey, why did we give Scatman and Throbin freaking D minus, and then we freaking see it on there, and then we can click the link and listen to the old podcast. And, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> 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 and we can see about it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be interesting. It'll be cool. And be like, oh yeah, we played this game because Rob <laughs> recommended it, Predator. Oh, yeah. He would have never played that game if he didn't recommend it, but he recommended it, and he started the precedence of all our guests get to choose a game, which then we got to play Toe Jam and Earl, which we've played so much that we probably never would have played that for homework. See, that's that's how life and the, the universe works, and yeah. that's why it's so mind-blowing, because the fact that you did this makes this, and the fact yeah. that you did this, this, and this makes this, this, and this. Everything, like, affects everything else. And, uh, that's almost like a law of physics. Just like yeah. particles in motion, basically. And that, that's, that's what's wild about the podcast. Yeah, like how far we've come. And then to look back and kind of analyze it. And especially like a year from now. And it's, it's, it's going to be really like awesome, most, man. Most people are bringing guests on their shows, their podcasts, their YouTube shows, because they're trying to get views. Like, but our thing is, is the people that I've brought on all are a certain type. Like, Rob, great stories. Freaking Joe Granado, amazing stories. I didn't even expect how many awesome stories he even had. Walter, I, I've already heard some Walter stories. He is out there. It's going to be great. Walter, like, yeah, he rules. He is awesome. Like, he can go off on talking about a freaking penny for freaking seven days. Right, a speck of days. dust. So, uh, yeah. so we're about to, t- he says he knows Castlevania, we're about to have a treat. I can't <laughs> like, wait. It's going to be amazing. I'm just going to let him go. Got to get him on a nice little tangent and he is amazing and he has so much history in the business that we, if we can get him into stories, oh, <laughs> I mean, like hearing his stories and all the different stories that I have doing some of these events is why like one of my books is going to be like based on the community. I'm going to go around and, like, um, interview people and stuff like that. And I can maybe interview them on the podcast, even. You know what I mean? Do an official one or something. Never know. I can use that for my book. Um, <laughs> so I might do that, too, and just have a bunch of crazy... Like, maybe we'll do our podcast roll-up, and then uh, part two is I'll do my book interview with Walter. And then I'm going to see him in person in a couple weeks after that, like, in, in like, a week or two. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's gonna be at a Philly event. Nice. 
I can't wait for Thursday. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking awesome. 